Go ahead and go to Luke chapter 24 tonight. Luke chapter 24. Uh, I want to talk to you tonight about how to understand the Scriptures. And we are going to use a chapter about the resurrection of Christ. Of course, this is Resurrection Sunday. We celebrate the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we're going to look at Luke chapter 24. And there are some great lessons that we can learn in here. And I believe the keys to understanding the Scriptures. I've heard people preach messages before on how to understand Scriptures. And they always go into this real complicated, you know, college type stuff where they're telling you, you know, trying to teach you how to understand dispensationalism and how all that works in order to know how to rightly divide the word of truth and all this. And it gets real complicated. But we're going to see here in this chapter, the key to understanding scriptures, the key to understanding what the Bible says. There are many people who know what the Bible says. They have it memorized yet they don't understand it. For example, how many people know John 3.16? Whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody knows John 3.16, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But yet, how many of those people think you have to be good to go to heaven? Think about that. They know the verse. They have it memorized, but they don't understand it. And there's a reason for that. And so let's read Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 1. It says, Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher, and they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And it came to pass, as they were much perplexed thereabout, behold, two men stood by them in shining garments. And as they were afraid and bowed down their faces to the earth, they said unto them, Why seek ye the living among the dead? He is not here, but is risen. Remember how He spake unto you when He was yet in Galilee. He's reminding them, you were told this. You were told that this was going to happen. Remember what He said. Remember His words. Verse 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. They're quoting the words of Jesus. They're quoting the Word of God. And they remembered His words. Okay, Notice that they remembered his words. What had happened here, Jesus resurrecting from the dead was something they were told was going to happen. They were told exactly what was going to happen. I mean, Jesus was pretty detailed. I'm going to be delivered in the hands of sinful men. I'm going to be killed. And three days later, I'm going to rise from the dead. But nobody went there waiting for the resurrection on the third day. Why? They did not understand his words. They did not understand the scriptures. It was taught in the Old Testament that He would die and that He would rise from the dead, yet they did not understand it. While they knew the Scriptures, they didn't understand it. For a while, we were talking about the prophecies and Psalms. They knew the Psalms very well, and there's all these prophecies about Jesus in there, yet they did not understand them until later. And many of them never understood them. There are people today who call themselves Jews that have a lot of the Psalms memorized, that, know, that are familiar with the book of Isaiah, yet they do not believe that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. They know the Scriptures. They might even know them better than you or I, but they don't understand them. So it's really not doing them any good. But the Word of God, notice, first of all, I want to show how it's a reminder. Okay? This is why it's important that we read it and while we memorize it, because some, you, can, you can know it. You can read it. You can memorize it. That doesn't guarantee you're going to understand it. But you know what? Sometimes we just kind of need to even if you haven't memorized, you need to read it again. Why? Because sometimes we just need to be reminded of certain things. I take notes on everything. I have the notes.
for every message that I have preached since I have been here on my computer. I've got, I've got the notes for all of them. And sometimes I'll be reading something in the Bible and it's like, okay, I know, I know I studied this out before and I, I go back and I look at my notes. I need to be reminded. And yeah, what scriptures did I use to prove this point? And I go back and I look again because sometimes we just forget things, don't we? And sometimes we just, we need to be reminded. Sometimes we forget things that we should know. And, but, and we can have the scripture memorized, but we often forget how to apply it. And that's why the Bible talks about in his law doth he meditate day and night. We need to, you know, really chew on some of these scriptures. We need to meditate on it. We need to think about it. We need to figure out how do I apply this into my life? You know, what if people actually took the time to meditate on John 3.16? You know, and it's like the only thing that people get from John 3.16 is for God so loved the world. Well, how could a loving God send anybody to hell? After all, God so loved the world. Well, what about that part? You know, whosoever believes in him should not perish. It's like they forget about that part. They, they, they've meditated on the love of God part, but the not perish part they completely forgot about. You know, it's like you got to meditate. You got to think on it. You got to you got to put things together. You know, it, it's it's good to do word studies through the Bible and kind of see how everything fits together. You know, no scriptures of any private interpretation. Sometimes people will take one scripture and they will apply it in their own way somehow. And they'll sometimes build whole religions around foolishness from one scripture that they're taking out of context and their interpretation clearly doesn't fit the rest of the Bible. But we do. We need to think about it. And the Word of God, it's a reminder. We should always read it. We should read it every day. If you read through the whole Bible, that doesn't mean you can quit. You need to read through it again because you, you there's a lot you've forgotten. And even if you have stuff memorized, don't skip those chapters. Read them again and allow the Lord to, or the Holy Spirit to show you things in those Scriptures. I've, I've sat in many services before where I've heard preachers get up and preach from passages of Scripture that I have memorized and they will pull things out of there and I'm just like, how did I not see that? And I do. I, I feel stupid sometimes. And I'm like, man. And it, you know what? That encourages me to just go back more and just keep reading it. And just don't ever, don't ever skip anything. Even the boring stuff. Don't skip it when you're reading through the Bible. When you're reading all those names, okay? Man, it's tough, but sometimes there's things in there. That you can that you can pull from there, and I, I have I've found some nuggets in those scriptures before that got me all excited, and that really helped me understand some key things. I'm glad I didn't skip over them. You know, read all of it. Don't just read the New Testament. Read the Old Testament too. Read all of it. And so, look at verse nine. It says, "So after the angel tells them what Jesus said, they remembered his words. The angels just reminded. This is what Jesus said. These are his words, and they remembered his words. Sure enough." Jesus did say this was going to happen. They should have known it, but they forgot. But thankfully, they were reminded. Verse 9 says, And he returned from the sepulcher and told all these things unto the eleven and to all the rest. It was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women which were with them, which told these things unto the apostles. And their words seemed to them as idle tales, and they believed them not. Then arose Peter and ran unto the sepulcher, and stooping down, he beheld the linen clothes laid by themselves and departed, wondering in himself at that which has come to pass. Okay? Notice here how when they told him, told them what had happened. They're telling him Jesus rose from the dead. They're telling him the angels, you know, were, there was angels there. They reminded us about the words of the Lord Jesus. 
And no doubt they repeated the words of the angels, which were the words of Jesus Christ, which was the word of God. And notice many didn't believe them. And even those, you know, I, you know, Peter and uh, those who went to the tomb, they obviously, you know, didn't completely believe, but they, they had a little bit of belief, obviously, or they went and went to the tomb. But, you know, the word of God, it's a revealer of your faith. And this kind of goes along with what we talked about last week, but, you know, a lot of people, they just don't believe the Bible. You know, their, their trust is in their religion. You know, it's in their, their mentors. And many times when somebody goes and shows them the scripture and think about it, you know, pride, okay, pride steps in. This would have been a great point for last week's message. But think about this. You know, I talked about how it's hard for many times preachers to take, you know, to be corrected by somebody like me, who's a nobody. Well, imagine how the disciples felt here when the people that were coming them, basically telling them the words of God were women. All right, think about that. Now, nobody wants to be corrected by a woman, especially a preacher, right? But notice that's exactly what they did. And uh, y'all are women. You know, angels didn't. You know, we all would love to see an angel or something like that. Angels aren't going to reveal themselves to a woman before the men, right? I know they probably thought some of that. They seemed as idle tales because we all know how women love to just tell stories, right? We all know how women love to tell God. That's what they thought back then too. All right, things haven't changed much. All right, and they did. They had a hard time receiving it from them. But understand, it wasn't the words of the women. It was the words of God that were being spoken. And that will, it will test your faith. Sometimes God might tr- choose to try to reveal something to you through the Scriptures, through somebody that you might see as inferior. Or somebody that you might see think of as somebody who maybe God shouldn't use. You know, and... The truth is, it doesn't. It shouldn't matter who it comes from. If it comes from the Word of God, we ought to obey it. But are you willing to listen to the Word of God if you're given the Word of God from a child or from a nobody or from a woman? Are you willing to obey the God? Are you willing to obey the Word of God then? I, I think you ought to be. God just may decide to use some of those things. We're all like, well, if God Himself would come tell me, then I would believe. No, you wouldn't. You know, if Jesus Himself showed up, I would believe. No, you wouldn't. Well, if an angel came. No, you wouldn't. Alright? The words of God are the words of God no matter who they come from. And the Lord is going to use people in strange places sometimes to see if you believe His Word. That's what He is looking for. That's when you show faith. If God came in all His glory, first of all, it would kill us. But even if He did something like that, it would be no impressive thing for you to have faith in. But if he sends a child, if he sends a nobody to give you the word of God and then you believe it, it's clear you believe it because it's the word of God. It's clear that you're having faith. And the word of God, it is a revealer of what kind of faith you have. And we see also, reading, look at verse 13. It says, And behold, two of them that same day, um, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things that had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. In another passage, it says that Jesus had another form when he was walking with them. And they, so here these two men are, some believe one of them was one of the disciples. Uh, One of the men, his name was Cleopas, who was, 
the husband of one of the women who were at the cross and that were at the tomb. And so we have these two men. They're walking on this road to Emmaus. And notice that here they are walking with Jesus and they don't even know it. They have no idea that they're, they're walking with Jesus. You know, they're, they're, you know, they're, he, uh, where is, I lost my spot. It says they came together and they reasoned. Okay, they're thinking about these things. They were thinking about what the women told them. All right, they're, they're pondering these things. All right, and, and I don't know, maybe they're discussing it, but one of them was married to one of the women. And, you know, they're, they're reasoning. You know, he's like, hey, is your wife, can, can you trust her? You know, is she known for telling tall tales? And, you know, maybe he's like, oh, she's usually pretty level headed. She's not usually much of a gossip. She did get caught up in one of the rumors one time that was going around town, you know, and, but they, they're reasoning. They're trying to figure this out. What they should have done is said, you know what? Jesus did say that this was going to happen, but they're not doing that. Okay, They're kind of reasoning. And so now they've got Jesus himself standing there with them and they don't even know it. They, they don't even realize. It. And listen, the word of God, it is understood by those who believe it. Okay? Many people, they want to see the proof. They want to see something else before they believe it. But we just need to automatically believe it. Just whatever it says, I'm going, to, I'm going to do it. Whatever the Bible teaches, I'm going to follow that. I am going to let this book change me however God wants it to change me. If I see a command in there that I don't like, I'm going to do it anyway. This week, a fellow that I work with, he as an assistant pastor in another church, and he said this week he was going to be preaching a verse in the Bible, the verse in the Bible that says, render unto Caesar the things that are Caesar's. And I told him, I said, I don't like that verse. He kind of looked at me funny, like, what are you talking about? He's like, that's, you know, that's what Jesus said. And I was like, I know, but I don't like it. I obey it. I, I believe it, but I don't like it. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm just being, I'm just being honest. You know, and there's lots of things. You know, nobody likes love your enemies. If you think you like that verse, you're a phony, you're a Pharisee. I don't trust you. Okay. You don't like that verse, but guess what? You don't have to like it. You ought to love your enemies anyway. And I'll admit there's things in the Bible I don't necessarily Therefore, they go against my nature, but you know what? I believe them and I, I, and I do, I get it. I understand it. And we, that's the attitude we ought to have. But people often disobey the word of God because, you know, because they don't understand it. They'll see a, a, a very clear command. Okay? I think one of the key ones that we see is the laws about divorce in the Bible. People don't understand that. You know, that they, it's like they can't understand it. But you, know, you don't have to understand it. Well, you know, what if I'm married to this kind of person? What if they did this? What if they did that? Listen, I can't explain all that. I really can't. But you know what? Why don't you just trust the Word of God? And if everything you say is true, maybe they'll get hit by a bus. All right? And then you'll be free to, re you'll be free to remarry. But people do. They're always like, well, what if this? What if that? Listen, just believe the Bible. You don't have to understand it. I don't understand everything in the Bible. There are some things that the Bible has commanded, things that I follow that I don't completely get. But it's not always our job to get it. It's our job to obey it. And I believe if you obey it, one of these days you'll understand it. You might not. But the key is just understand it or just obey it. You don't worry about understanding it. These guys, they're reasoning amongst themselves. They don't understand what's going on. I know Jesus said He was going to rise from the dead. Our wives told us that. Or the angel had mentioned that. Jesus Himself said that. But, you know, 
I think he was probably speaking in more of a spiritual sense. You know, this was a, you know reference to the resurrection of the last days. You know, we all believe in prophecies that are, we, or we have no problem believing in a prophecy that's way down the road. But when it's something that we might be experiencing or could experience in our day, it's a completely different story. You know how easy it is to believe in a rapture that one of these days out there it's just going on our normal business and then boom, we're gone. Okay, you know why people can believe that real easy? There's no change required in there. You know, there's no extra responsibility. There's no extra challenge involved with that. There's no faith. Alright, in your in your day-to-day life that involves that. But if you are going through the tribulation, okay, that is going to now require some faith. Wow, this is and I personally don't believe we're gonna know for sure it's a tribulation until the Antichrist is revealed. And so and that's halfway through it. And so once again, it's gonna mean man, we're gonna to have to really be trusting in God during that time. I mean, we're gonna to have to show a lot of faith. And people don't like the idea of that. No, it's a lot easier to believe in something way down the road. Nobody's going to want to say they know this is it because they don't want to put themselves out there and look like, you know, there's some kind of nut, somebody who's telling the tall tale. But the truth is, you know, in this story, that's how these guys were. They knew what Jesus said, but no, no, this can't be it. Why not? This is what Jesus said was going to happen. And no, it's got to be something else. And so, and I'm telling you, whenever, when it all starts happening, we might know for sure when we're in the tribulation, but I'm sure there's been many times in history when people thought they were in the tribulation and they weren't. But I'm here today to tell you, though, that the thing we've got to realize, it's not as important that we understand it, is that we, is that we obey it. And these people, they should have just, just believed it. They should, you know, Jesus said He was going to rise again the third day. He's going to rise again the third day. They should, have, they should have just believed it, but they didn't. They're reasoning. And so Jesus Himself is with them and they don't know it. Okay, And then look in verse uh, 17. It says, And He said unto them, What manner of communication are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered and said unto Him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem and hast not known these things which are come to pass there in these days? And He said unto them, What things? And they say unto Him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came saying that he had also seen a vision of angels which said he was alive. It's almost like they're changing the story here. We know they didn't really see angels, but maybe they had a vision. Y'all, y'all see what they're kind of doing here? You know, this is just too good to be true. Alright, so it's like they're fixing the story. So that, you know, because like I said, the man's wife was one of them. He didn't want to make it look like his wife was a nut. And so he's like, oh, they, they, they had a vision, you know, it was maybe they had drank some bad wine or something. I don't know. But anyway, verse 24, and certain of them which were uh, with us went to the sepulcher and found it even so as the woman had said, but him they saw not. So once again, we see the word of God, it will often test your faith. It, it's going gonna, it's gonna to test your faith. 
So there's going to be times where you find yourself in a position, do I believe the Bible or do I do what my heart tells me? Do I do what I feel like doing? That's going to happen all the time, whether it be, you know, giving sacrificially, whether it be being obedient to the scriptures. If, I, if I'm obedient to the scriptures, if I'm faithful to God in this situation, this is going to cause family problems. You know, if I give, this is going to cause financial problems. We're always finding ourselves in places where we're wondering, do I obey the Bible or do I avoid problems and do what I think I should do? And many times, many times people do. They make the wrong choice. And it's, you know, you can, you can show them what the Scripture says. But they do. They, they follow their heart. They follow their instincts. What's going on? Maybe the Lord is trying to test your faith. He's going to see if you're going to be obedient to Him when it's not convenient. He's going to see if you're going to obey Him when maybe it could cost you something. He's testing your faith. And sadly, many times people fail that test and we need to be willing to do it. You know, and what, and so what do people normally do too? When people start making exceptions for themselves, they start twisting the scriptures, don't they? That's kind of what these guys are doing. They're changing the story a little bit. That's what people do all the time whenever it comes to, you know, when they're put to the test of their faith, you can show them what the Bible says, but what do they do? They always twist the scriptures. When it comes to a bishop being the husband of one wife, okay, what happens whenever a preacher is on a second wife or a preacher is friends with a preacher that's on his second wife? What do they always do? Well, that means one wife at a time. What are they doing? Twisting the scriptures, Maybe, you know, making it fit, making it be convenient for their situations. And you know what? You're supposed to believe it. And I have, I've, I mean, I've heard some of the most crazy excuses. I heard a preacher say one time, you, there's no way you can tell me that a man of God, a God called man, somebody who God has called to preach can be disqualified from what God called him to do because of some Jezebel. And it's like, um, I'm sorry, sir, but it's not the Jezebel that disqualified him. It's the word of God. Do we believe it or do we not believe it? And you know, and the guy that I heard say that happens to be somebody who does not believe the Bible very well. But at the same time, so you know, no big surprise there. However, you, you, that's how people do that. They do that all the time. And when you go and you hear some of these people just mangle the Scriptures, I mean clear, clear Scripture. You know what? I think a lot of times these people are sincere, but it's very clear that they don't understand the Bible. You know why? It's not because... They don't know how to rightly divide the truth, you know, because they didn't go to Bible college, because they don't understand dispensationalism. You know why they don't understand the Bible? It's because they're not willing to obey it. They don't believe it. If you don't believe it, if you're not willing to obey it, you are not going to understand it. And that people don't people don't realize that you don't need to go to Bible college to figure out how to understand the Bible. You just need to be obedient and you need to believe it. You need to have some faith, and your faith is going to be put to the test. And the key to you know, I'm all for reading other books. All right, I've got a bunch of books in my office. I've read. I'm all for reading other books. But when you're struggling with something, the key is not to go find a book on how to deal with that subject. The key is to read this book and just do what it says. Okay. Now, maybe another book can help you see what this book says to do. But I'm, I, you know, a lot of those stories, especially when it comes to faith and testing your faith, all they do in those books is tell a lot of stories that they've improved. And 
honestly just skip over that stuff and just find the scriptures that they use. I've done that before. I've went, I've, when I've been interested in a subject and I had a book on that subject, I have just gone through that book and just I've just took a shortcut because some of these guys, their writing's boring. I just want to know what scriptures they use. And I just look for all the scriptures that they use. And you know what? I think that's a great thing to do with, with some of these books. And that's the only way you're going to benefit from some of these books. Uh, some of them that I've got in my office, that's the only way you're going to benefit is just read the scriptures in there and throw everything else out. But anyway, so, but, you know, so the Word of God, it's going to test your faith. And then look at verse 25. Look what it says here. It says, you know, so, um, Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow a heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Notice Jesus here. He's like, you fools, not willing to listen to me. Okay. You know, people, once again, people think I would listen to Jesus. I would believe Jesus. I would believe God if he told me. But Jesus said, you fools, you don't believe the prophets. Because the prophets prophesied of all these things. You are slow to believe the prophets and your ability to understand the word of God. It's not based on the condition of your mind. It is based on the condition of your heart. These men had a heart problem. They were slow of heart to believe. What does that mean to be slow of heart to believe? Well, they obviously had an attitude of, I need to see it first. We already know what the women said, which was what the angel said, which was what Jesus said, which was what the Old Testament prophet said. All the witnesses lined up, but they're thinking, I've got to see him first. And then I will believe it. That's slow of heart to believe. Many times when a preacher gets up and he preaches the Word of God and he shows what the Bible says to do, they're like, well, I need some proof. I, I, I'm going I'm to test this out. All right? When it comes to giving, all right, fine. I'm gonna, right, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put, uh, put $10 in the offering and see if I get $100 in the mail tomorrow. And if that works, I might bump it up to 20 the next week and let's see what, see what God does. That's not how it works, all right? That's, that's not faith. That's stupid, all right? That's that, you know, you're, you're watching too many of these televangelists that, you know, try to get you to get rich by giving them money, all right? You don't, don't do that. That's not how it works. You just need to get your heart right. And don't be slow of heart to believe. I mean, just be foolish enough. Say, the Bible says this, I'm going to do it. And so we've got these bozos out there too, teaching everybody when you study the Bible, you've got to figure out first, is he talking to Jews or is he talking to Gentiles or is he talking to the church of God? You know, don't you go, you know, be careful what verses you get out of Matthew because Matthew's written to the Jews. All right. So does that mean we get to throw out the Beatitudes? Does that mean we get to throw out, you know, blessed are ye which are persecuted for righteousness sake? So I, I can throw that out. I don't have to leap for joy now. I can just get mad. Does that mean I can throw out the bless them that are uh, bless them that curse you? Does that mean I can go ahead and curse them back? That was written to the Jews. Who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to the Jews. He wasn't talking to me. Matthew's written to the Jews. So guess what? I'm going to curse them that curse me. That, that's stupid, all right? That's baloney. And people are falling for that stuff. You know, the key to understanding bless them that curse you is to just, like, that's no fun, but I'm going to bless those who curse me. And if you do that, you're, you're good. You're being obedient. And I'm not going to say I totally understand that. I think I got some ideas on why God has us doing that. I've got a few ideas, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm just going to I'm going to keep doing it anyway. And I'm going and I, I may understand it completely one of these days. So, but your ability to understand the word of God, it is a it's a heart thing. 
Okay, it's not a mind thing. Don't think if you get a PhD in theology or something or whatever that you're going to be all set. No, the key is getting your heart right with God. And if your heart's right with God, you'll understand the Scriptures. So the key, also the key to understand the Scripture is believe it first and then God will prove it later. Watch what happens here. All right, so um, in verse 26, after he, it's like, you know, you're fools for not believing all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses... And all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Man, I'd, I'd love to have the, the outline of that, all the scriptures that Jesus used. Starting from Moses, starting from Genesis, all the way through Malachi, Jesus is like, he just started rattling off scripture. Just rattling off scripture. You don't see a lot of that in preaching these days in many places. But he says in verse 28, and they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went into tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he said at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him. And he vanished out of their sight. Alright, notice what has happened here. Okay, He's given them all these scriptures. And then all of a sudden, while they're eating with him, okay, he hasn't done any miracles or anything yet. While they're eating with them, the scriptures finally registered. This is Jesus. And as soon as they believed and they realized, then he did a miracle. He vanished out of their sight. Now, that's pretty cool, isn't it? We see Jesus do some pretty amazing things. All of a sudden now they're looking at him different. They now recognize him. This is Jesus. And after they believed he vanishes out of their sight. He didn't vanish out of their sight and when they saw that cool magic trick, oh, that must have been Jesus. Did you see Him disappear? No. They realized, this is Jesus. Look at what the Scripture says. And then He did something cool. Then He, then he vanished out of their sight. The key to understanding the Scripture is believe it first and God will prove it later. Believe that you're going to go to heaven one day and God's going to prove we're going to go to heaven one of these days. Believe that one day you're going to have a body like Christ's body and one of these days you will have a body like Christ's body. He doesn't, he shouldn't have to do all these magic tricks and, you know, all these miracles for us now. He did all kinds of miracles back in the Bible days that we can read about. Do you believe he did those miracles? Do you believe he walked on water? Do you believe he healed the crippled and cleansed the lepers and all those things? Do you believe those things? Well, then why do you need to see him do it again? Why do we need to see miracles today? We've got all these preachers that are out there today in the charismatic movement trying to do all these miracles and trying to get people to believe through miracles. Why? Okay, We have the Word of God. If people aren't willing to believe the Word of God, God has no obligation to do any miracles for these people. I believe today that God still does miracles, but when God does a miracle, you can't prove it was a miracle. Okay, It's not something that you're going to be able to use to prove to people that God is real. You know why? Because God's looking for people of faith. If God does a miracle in your life, you're just going to have to accept by faith that it was a miracle. Just trust God that it was. You're not going to get any proof. God's not obligated to give you any proof. He's given us the Word of God. We don't need to see these things. You know, God doesn't need to be killing people in church who lie like Ananias and Sapphira did. God already showed us that He could do that. God already showed us through Ananias and Sapphira how he feels about lying. We, but people today think, oh, I lied in church and I didn't drop dead. 
must not matter anymore. No, it still matters. It matters just as much as it ever did. Your problem is you don't believe what the Bible says about it. And so you don't believe God has a big problem with it because you just, you're just, you don't believe God's word. Just admit it. The key to understanding the scripture is believe it first and God will prove it later. Might not be so you get to heaven, but he will prove it later. So I'm just going to believe it now. So we look at verse 32. I like this verse. After this happens, after this miracle, look what it says. And they said one to another, why didn't he just disappear first? And then we would have known. Is that what it says there? You know, they're kind of, they're almost beating themselves up here. Like, and they said unto one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us, by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures. Y'all see that? Man, that burning that we had in our heart. You know, we should have realized this from the scriptures. Our hearts were burning within us while he spoke the scriptures, not while after we saw him disappear. While he spoke the scriptures, the word of God is what reveals truth to us. And here they were there. They realized, man, we were slow heart. We were just like he said. We knew something was up when he was saying all those scriptures. We knew there was something inside of us that told us that this was true. We should have got it after the first scripture. We should have got it after the, our wives came and told us the words of the angels who told us the words of Jesus Christ, who had told the very words of the Old Testament. We should have believed it then. We should have believed it when it came out of the mouth of Jesus. We should have been looking for it before Jesus even said it because it was in the Scriptures. Our hearts burned within us. It was right there in the Scriptures. And we need to learn to just not be afraid and go ahead and believe the Scriptures. That is what the Bible says. Yeah, but all the Bible scholars say this. Who cares? Alright? Believe the Scriptures. Let the Holy Spirit guide you through His Word. And you will. You're, if you don't, you're going to regret it later. You're like, man, what? Yeah, that's exactly what the Bible says. That's exactly what the Bible says. How did we miss that? We see the disciples in the book of Acts when they're preaching. They were constantly going back and quoting the Old Testament. I mean, constantly going back. The, the New Testament is full of Old Testament Scripture. Why did they do that all the time? Why did they talk more about Old Testament Scripture many times than their own you know, eyewitness of what they saw? You know why? Because... It's like they're saying, folks, we all should have seen this coming. We knew the Scriptures. It was right there. But many, though, they did not understand because they had a heart problem. Because they would not believe God. And so we just don't be afraid. Just believe the Scripture. So look at what it says in verse 33. It says, And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying... The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking bread. And as they thus spake, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. But they were terrified and affrighted and supposed that they had seen a spirit. And he said unto, uh, said unto them, Why are ye troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your hearts? Behold my hands and my feet that it is I myself handle me and see for a spirit hath not flesh and bones as ye see me have. See, it's almost like too, once again, they're adding something to the Scripture here. These guys are saying that He rose from the dead, but when He shows up, okay, they're in a closed room and Jesus appears in the middle of them. And their attitude is, it's a spirit. It's a ghost. Okay? 
Yeah, fine. Jesus rose from the dead, but not physically. Just see what they did to his body on that cross. This isn't him in the flesh. This is his spirit. Once again, it's like they're trying to help the word of God, aren't they? The word of God sometimes says some things that are pretty extreme. that are pretty crazy. But you know what? It's going to come to pass. Go ahead and believe it. And so once again, you know, this is a spirit. It can't be him in the flesh. His body was too mangled. He's dead. This is his spirit. But Jesus said, a spirit doesn't have flesh. Y'all see it. Here's, here's the hands in my, uh, holes in my hands and my feet and my side. Here they are. Go ahead and handle me. And it says in verse uh, 41, And while they yet believed not for joy and wondered, he said unto them, Have ye here any meat? So, you know, it's, they still, it says that, you know, they believe not for joy. Okay, they're excited, but yet it's like it's not registered what has happened yet. And so Jesus, he asked, says they gave him a piece of broiled fish and a honeycomb. He asked, have you any meat? I, I need to show these people this is me here in the flesh. This isn't my spirit. Because you know what? Spirits don't eat. But Jesus did. Jesus, he, he ate broiled fish and a honeycomb. And he took it and did eat before them. And he said to them, these are the words which I spake unto you while I was yet with you, that all these things must be fulfilled, which were written in the law of Moses and in the prophets and in the Psalms concerning me. Look at, look at how he keeps going back to the scripture. This whole chapter, it's all about Jesus. He's, you would, we all, once again, we all say, if I could see Jesus, but yet when Jesus was right there in the flesh, he wasn't using himself as the illustration. He was using the scripture as the illustration. Look at what the, look at what the Bible says. And then opened he their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures. You all see that? He opened their understanding. You know why many people do not understand the Bible? It's because God won't let them. Why wouldn't He let them understand the Scriptures? Well, I think it's very clear why. Because they won't believe Him. God knows knows their heart. If they're not going to believe Him, why would He let them understand it? We are supposed to believe it first and then and obey it and then we'll understand it. Many people, they believe it, but they reject it. They disobey it. They're not, they're not willing to follow it. And so God is under no obligation at all to help them understand it. You got all these people out there that are always scoffing at the Bible or scoffing at the things of God. Many of them call themselves Christians. Sometimes they'll scoff at things like separation and holy living. And you look at these people, it's like, why can't they get this? Why can't they see these simple scriptures? You know why? God's not going to let them understand it when they aren't going to obey it. We've been talking about prophecy all these weeks. We're like, why can't people understand it? Why would God let them understand it? Because they're not going to listen to it. Even if we even if we prove it to them, even if we put them in a time machine and take them ahead a little ways, let them see what goes on, they're not going to believe it. And they're definitely not going to obey it. Even if they figure it out, they're going to be way too stubborn. They're going to be way too glued to their money. They're, they're not going to change a thing. So why in the world would God not let them understand it? I mean, I've listened to some of these pe- preachers try to defend what they're teaching on this stuff and attack what we teach. And you look at that and you listen to the way they just destroy the Scripture. Just, I mean, butcher it. And it's like, and it's like, how can this be? How do they not get this? God won't let them. God, and God's not going to let these people understand the Scriptures. They, why? Because they don't believe it. 
They're not Bible believers. Like I said, you can call yourself a Bible believer. It doesn't make you a Bible believer. I know this is America. I say it all the time. You can call yourself a girl when you're a boy and people are supposed to accept that. But you know what? I don't accept it. I don't accept it. I still call Bruce Jenner a guy. Maybe an it sometimes. But I never call him a woman. I never call him she or her. I'm not going to insult women like that. That's, that's just wrong. I call him... Yeah, reprobate. There you go. An it. A freak. You know, that, that's, the best, that's the best he's going to get from me. The be, best respect is a freak. Because that is, that, that, that's a freak when you do that. I'm sorry. And you know what? Some of these people who call themselves Bible believers but are teaching some of the things they teach are freaks. Okay? They can call themselves that all they want. They're not Bible believers. Okay? And don't fall for that stuff. And they will probably never understand it. Why? Because they don't believe it. And even if they did believe it, they wouldn't obey it. And so God is not obligated to help them understand it. And so we see here that Jesus opened their understanding. All of a sudden now, Jesus gives them that understanding. It all becomes clear. Sure enough, this is what the Bible teaches. And He says in verse 46, "...and said unto them, Thus it is written, and thus it behoove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And ye are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of My Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And He led them out as far as the Bethany, and He lifted up His hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while He blessed them, He parted from them and carried carried up into heaven, and they worshipped Him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. We need to pray. or we need, to, we need to ask God to give us understanding when it comes to the Scriptures. To say, Lord, please, you go read all the books you want. If your heart's not right, you will not understand the Scriptures. God has to give you understanding of the Scriptures. You need, before you read your Bible, you ought to pray, Lord, help me understand what I read. Listen, I like concordances. I like dictionaries. But the best teacher in the world is the Holy Spirit. Let Him reveal it to you. And, you, and the key, and God knows your heart, folks. You're not going to fake God out on this thing. He knows your heart. You've got to pray. Say, Lord, I will accept whatever You teach me. Okay? Don't even try to say it if you don't mean it. You're not going to fool God. But if, if your heart's not right, you're not going to learn. Many of these people, they love money too much. They're not going to change. So the lesson we can learn from this chapter is that we should always trust the Scriptures. Most people, they're waiting for proof of God. But God wants us to have faith first. We're going to get the proof later. When we do not trust the Scriptures... Like these men, we're always going to regret it later. Why, didn't we, why don't we just trust that verse? It was right there in the Bible. Why don't we just believe it? Oh, well, the preachers said, who, who why don't we just believe it? We'd have been so much better off. So with that, let's all stand together.